What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Joe podcast. Hope you're all keeping well. It is just myself here today. I am away on holidays, as some of you might have seen on Twitter. I'm currently in Melbourne. I'm doing a little bit of a travelling of the East Coast here for Christmas, so I'm meeting a couple of mates in Melbourne. My current setup is hilarious. I am set up in my mate's car on the street in Melbourne. I'll take a little picture, I'll post it up online. But uh, the draft waits for no one. I had to get it done, and I think the main reason I had to get it done is because of the volume of messages that we've received on Instagram and Twitter over the last while. It's just been mental. You know, I, I don't know why I struggle to understand the concept of people, like, listening and appreciating. Like, you know, messages saying, like, Happy Christmas, lads. Thanks for all the work you do. I'm like, what the hell? This is mental. It's not the reason we did it, to get feedback, but, uh, yeah, when we get it, it's great. Hopefully, we're helping you all win at the draft. I suppose it's a good time to wish you all a Merry Christmas and just a massive, massive thank you for anyone that's tuned in at any stage throughout the year at all. It's been a very quick, I suppose, what are we, 18 game weeks? Myself and Jaxie have thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah, just thank you very much. It's just been insane. There's been people, <laughs> I got a text from a fella last week being like, well lads, thanks for everything you do. I'm listening from Texas, listening every week. I was like, what the hell? Like, How the fuck are you listening from Texas? But anyways, great to hear. Apologies if you hear anything in the background. As I said, I'm on the street. So I'm also sweating profusely because I've had to turn the AC in the car off so that it's not in the background. So if I feel like I'm under pressure at any stage, I apologize. <laughs> um, last plug for the T12. We put up a video on YouTube there this week explaining exactly what it is. As I said, there's still spots available for the championship level. Just give us a shout on Instagram, Twitter. After Christmas, I will be putting them all in the Excel sheet. As we said, it's first come, first serve. So by texting after you listen to the podcast, that might be the difference between two leagues. I think we have the guts of three leagues left, so 30-odd players. As I said, get in there quick so that you don't have to work your way up the leagues. I think it's just the only fair way we can do it for Season 2. So get them in ASAP Rocky. Let's start off with our Hall of Fame. If you followed us on Twitter, you will see that we put up Pascal Gross is being inducted into the Hall of Fame today. I suppose the FPL Draft You a Hall of Fame is players that are cult heroes. That whenever you think it's a good time to bring them in, they always work out. I think I'm forgetting one person, but our current inductees, if that's what you call it, are Decore and Suchek. So I know you might think that Suchek over the last couple of weeks hasn't been the greatest pick, but when he's been on the waiver, and when he is on the waiver, when he's a good option and you bring him in, it's usually a good decision. Now, there's actually a question about Suchek later on, but similar to Decore. He has obviously flourished this season, but he often goes under the radar. And when you want to bring him in, he usually does very well. As we said, Pascal Gross is being added to that. And we'll talk more about Pascal Gross later on. But Pascal Gross is a draft hero. I think I'm actually going to bring him in in normal as well. But he's a player that will always consistently tick away. I think it was three, four or five weeks ago. We went in-depth about Pascal Gross and just how he's a dream to own. Not the most exciting, but 
who, what's exciting? Getting points is exciting. So Pascal Gross is the new inductee to the Draft Duo Hall of Fame. Hopefully we will continue this list throughout the season. And do you know what? It's actually a very good way to know who's better than the maybe seen in the draft. And we're going to go on to trolls. But before that, we're going to talk about honourable mentions. Players that maybe might get in in the future or have been good picks at some stages of the season, but because they've been so short, they can't really make the Hall of Fame. Dwight McNeil is on the way. Now, I know he didn't return this week, but he's a player that... we I don't know why we love him so much lately, because I used to hate him. When he was at Burnley, I thought, how is this fella a professional footballer? But he's turned it round. I think there's going to be more to come from McNeil. Um, there's also more talk about McNeil later on. But another player that gets an honourable mention, I think Jaxie will enjoy hearing this one game week four returned Dan Juma obviously he's not an option and after that he wasn't an option that was like his last go his last little stint at being an FPL pick and banged and then throw him on the waiver so honourable mentions I suppose are players that don't quite cut it but they've been nice in stints Jordan Ayew has to be in there with touching an honourable mention or touching a hall of fame even Jordan Ayew as we said in the content creators chat he is a draft cult hero because he's everyone has him at some stage. I said he's passed around more than a collection box at mass, and so true. If you don't have Jordan Ayew at some stage in the season, there's something wrong. On to our trolls, and these are players that you think they're good picks, but they aren't. Obviously, top of the list here at the FPL Draft Duo is Luca Digne. And funny that we put him here because he's the only person that got a clean sheet for Villa last week. But in general, when you need him, he will fail. Maybe, maybe he can prove us wrong over the next 19 game weeks. But for now, he's top of the list. Joining that list has to be Matty Cash, the, another Villa defender. In normal, when I went on Twitter the last day, it was just Cash, Cash, Cash. Went from a nine pointer to a one pointer, got injured. This season, he's been so underwhelming so underwhelming and I got some crazy trades or offers for him when he was at peak value before he was coming into that nice run and never got rid of him so maybe that's a little you know I suppose we can learn a lot of things from these Hall of Fame honourable mentions trolls that Matty Cash and maybe players when they have the highest highest value and we're waiting for like I don't know a run of three games maybe it's a good time to trade because if they don't do it for them three three games well they're back down you know back at square one so Matty Cash has joined it. Um, Mateta, because Mateta never returns when you think he's going to return. Or when he does, you're like, oh, maybe he's a good option. And then the next week he gets a fucking one-pointer like he did. Mateta, I think, is a troll because, as I said, he could be playing Man City, gets returns. Playing Sheffield, you know, one-pointer. So <laughs> players like that that never do it when you want to. But then when they do it... You're like, oh shit, maybe they are a good pick. And they never turn out to be. Similar, someone similar is Chris Wood. Even though Chris Wood, I suppose, did it against Bournemouth. Probably a decent option. But Chris Wood, for me, is always someone, someone like that I never think is going to start consistently. And when he does, he does well. And then I was like, geez, maybe he's a good pick. And then when he plays, the, the next couple of fixtures does nothing. So I'm going to monitor um, Chris Wood. Sorry about that. I'm going to monitor Chris Wood over the next couple of weeks and see does he make the trolls. 
I am now currently sweating profusely. I'm going to have to have a shower after this podcast. Oh my god. This is like a, a fucking... This is like a greenhouse in here. Anyways, we'll continue. Right. Let's get on to our questions. Um, I suppose there's a couple of questions in. This is mid-game week, as we said. It is New Year's... Sorry, it is Christmas Eve. So it's Wolves and Chelsea are yet to play. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of questions about that. Mudrick will probably start. There has been a lot of talk about Enzo and what's the story with Enzo and maybe he's lost his spot. So I think Mudrick, we put it up on Twitter, is a better option than we previously thought. Now he's probably going to prove me wrong tonight and flop. But yeah, I think Mudrick, if he starts consistently, is definitely going to be a good option. He looks like he's got his confidence back, especially with that late winner. So I want him to do well. I really do. So hopefully Mudrick is going to be an option after tonight. First question, and this is a tough one because it's Suchek, Havertz, McNeil, any of them for Andres, Ramsey and Bruno. And for me, this is a bit of a, I don't like looking at a question like this because there's six players here. It's very hard to predict who's going to score. And in fairness, I think a lot of people understand that with the draft. We're not geniuses. We can't predict the future. I think I said it before. One of the lads, my mates, gave out to me. He was like, you told me to captain whoever. And I was like, first of all, we excel or specialize in the draft. So don't come talking to me about normal. Second of all, if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't be doing a podcast from a car. I would be a millionaire. So all you can do is use statistics, probability, and a bit of a good feeling. And as I said, the reason I don't like this question is because there's six players here. Like, And then let's say I say Suchek and Andres scores. You're like, why didn't you pick Andres? Well, because there's six players. How am I supposed to know? But the reason I say that is because what I'm looking for when I'm looking at a question like this is what I'm looking for is backing to my answers. And the backing to my answer here is probably Bruno out because Newcastle don't look very good away from home defensively. So he's nearly on for a two-pointer most days. And McNeil and Havertz are two very good options to bring in. Andres Pereira is playing... Andres Pereira is playing... Uh, let me get the phone. He has an easy fixture this week. So I keep Andres Pereira, even though he got whipped early. Let me just get it up on the old phone here. Uh, Bournemouth away. Uh, Bournemouth away. Good good side, very good attacking side, but did concede two to Forrest at the weekend. So I probably still... Um, think Andres is a good pick. Ramsey's back-to-back, 90 minutes essentially. Villa have a savage run of fixtures. I still like the punt on him. There's possibility of rotation, but I still like Ramsey's little hold. You could bring in both McNeil and Havertz. And maybe you wanted to bring in McNeil and Havertz for Bruno and either Andres or Ramsey, whichever one you're not too fond of. McNeil had the highest average position for Everton player the last week and still continues to rack up good numbers. Everton are a good second side and I think you know McNeil's always going to be at the heart of that and he's a cult hero. Havertz now looks like if you look at Arsenal's 11 and I suppose any good team that goes for a championship has a standard 11. Havertz seemed to be in there now and although he starts in the midfield three he plays in that pocket and he plays in between the striker and Martinelli, usually Martinelli and Jesus. So even though he's playing in that midfield three, he is one of the more advanced ones in that midfield. And 
he mightn't be a very exciting pick, but I think if you're playing consistently in that position for a team that's going for the league, you're going to get returns. I can understand why you want to avoid Havertz and maybe go for a Suchek, who's the other person in this question. Suchek played a lot deeper against United. Um, now, the only thing that I'd be kind of, there'd be an asterisk about is when Kudos goes, how does that shape change? How does a bone obviously remains up top and maybe Paqueta, who's playing more central, goes on the wing? Does that help? Does that hinder Suchek? For now, although Suchek at times has been a great pick, he is playing a lot deeper. A point from this is that James Ward Prowse is playing a lot more advanced. So they've nearly switched roles from the start of the season where Suchek was playing 10. Um, uh, well, the last couple of games, Suchek was playing 10 and James Ward Prowse is playing a bit deeper. They've essentially swapped, or at least they did against United. So although Suchek, I love him, I'd probably be going for the likes of McNeil and Havertz because if Suchek is playing deep, you're just solely relying on the headers. And although that's a good tactic, it's probably not the best long term. Next question is about Eze. What do I do with him? Keep Eze. I know he didn't start again, but that's just because he's come back from injury. Don't worry about that. Play 20 minutes. I fully expect him to start the next day. Eze is going to be a nice little season long hold. And even if you don't want him, you can trade him. You can trade him in five or six game weeks' time when he's a couple of 90 minutes and maybe a return under his belt. If not, you can keep him. No problem. Next question is regarding some trades. Who was kind of some mid-level midfielders that I could trade for? And as we mentioned, Pascal Gross would be top of my list. Brighton have an insane run of fixtures over the next 10-12 games. And as we said on Twitter, he's the only nailed one, really. You know, the likes of Matoma are great. He goes to the Asian Cup. Adingra goes to the Asian Cup. Um, the other options, Joao Pedro probably might get a bit more game time now that the two boys are gone. Welbeck is now an option up top. Came on, played 45 minutes, scored a goal. So they might be good options. Joao Pedro may be the best because he can play maybe wide as well. But Pascal Gross as a midfielder would be my number one pick because I talked about it last week that maybe he plays deep. Sometimes he's played as, as a right back, but he didn't. He played it as a number 10. Uh, I think it's Hinklewood or his whatever that young fella, the 18-year-old, has played right back. So Pascal Gross has actually played more events than usual which is brilliant, got another assist. Pascal Gross on some dead balls, on free kicks. The only issue is that if Joe Pedro plays more, then maybe he takes penalties. But Pascal Gross does it all. Pascal Gross, and then second will be Sabajlai. And again, mightn't seem like a crazy exciting pick, but plays Burnley next week. He's one of the most nailed midfielders in the Liverpool squad. He can strike a ball as well, and he hasn't returned over the last couple of games in the Premier League, so he's kind of gone under the radar a small bit. Kind of players that I suppose you could look to get rid of is Jackson and Kunku coming back. Broja played a few minutes. He's going to the AFCON. What I'd be trying to do, and I suppose be weary of, is trades regarding players with the AFCON and the Asian Cup. If someone's trying to go under the radar and do yeah, maybe you want to do the same to them. You know, the, the draft is a bit of a sneaky game where you have to get things under the radar. So if Jackson has just returned, as he as he did, and does it again tonight, boom, get rid. Because I think it's different with Kudos. Last week we said with Kudos, what do you do? Do you trade? If someone's really that good, maybe it's worth a hold. I think the fact that Jackson has a serious amount of competition in that Chelsea squad, I think he's a good trade. 
and I think that's fairly standard I think that's fairly obvious but players that are going to the Asian Cup the AFCON that might have a small bit of rotation the likes of San obviously you keep because even if you miss him for three or four games Salah you, you don't mind the likes of Jackson even a Matoma who has been rotated if he scores the next couple of game weeks and people see a load of them fixtures and then they're not on it boom great time to get a trade over the line so maybe some of the morals go out the window when you're talking about the draft but moving on to our waiver section because I am losing about a stone of weight while I'm doing this there is so much sweat on me <laughs> um, goalkeepers Johnston is going to be back over the next couple of game weeks and although um, Palace's fixtures aren't great Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal after that, the next 6 out of 10 are 2 on the FDR. And although they mightn't be as good defensively as they have been previously, them save points are going to rack up. Johnson's very good for the save points. Now, he still might have competition against Henderson, but I presume he gets back in there. I suppose that'll be a nice one to, to see what happens. Will he go straight back in there? Will Henderson get a um, get a chance? I'm going to predict Johnson gets straight back in there. Forrest, I suppose it's very important to see what happens with Forrest. Because, yes, they've kind of responded well immediately. They banged two goals against Bournemouth. But who plays? Turner started in goal this week. Chris Wood, as I said, started up top. It was kind of a standard enough team, apart, apart from the fact that they played a, 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 you know, a central striker, which they didn't last week. They played Gibbs White and Alanga up top. Now, Chris, or sorry, Gibbs White did come off with a slight injury. I don't know how bad that is yet. Alanga would be a nice little a nice little trade for me. The f- problem is their fixtures aren't great. But is it going to be that bounce back, the manager bounce back? That only lasts a couple of games. But yeah, maybe Alanga's a nice trade. Gibbs White injured. Uh, I wouldn't be looking too much at Gibbs White just yet. I want to see a bit more from him from first. But Turner started, I think it's third game in goal. So if he's on the waiver, might be a pickup, a few save points. They have a tough run of fixtures, but always good to have a second keeper. And Petrovic looks nailed until mid-February. Uh, Sorry, did very well in the cup as well. So maybe there's actual uh, an actual chance of Petrovic getting in there full time ahead of Sanchez. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't think they're at a stage where it's like, oh well, Sanchez deserves to be there because we bought him. I think it's the opposite. I think his spot is still up for grabs if if, if Petrovic actually plays well. He's just as much a chance of staying in there as Sanchez does. And Jose Sam should be back for this evening. I suppose we'll find that out at, I don't know what time it's at home. It's 11 o'clock over here, but we'll find that out today. On to our defenders um, section of the waiver. And a lot of these players, and I suppose this is, uh, we highlighted a couple of weeks ago. Now is a very dull time in the draft, unless you're playing T12 because it's at the end. Because the waivers are whittling down. There's very quick turnaround. There's very little new players. A lot of players are injured. So you're looking at the waivers and you're like, my God, I've seen these players a hundred times over. What's the point? A lot of players are coming back from injury, suspension, maybe a blank game week. So I have four or five defenders down here that could be good pickups for the long term. They're actually better than a one or two week waiver because they might have gone under the radar because someone dropped them off two Everton boys Mikalenko and Tarkowski are good picks for the next four or five they play Man City but get them in bench them they play Wolves Villa and Fulham now 
clean sheets are so hard to predict in the Premier League these days. It's just insane. So maybe go for an attacking player. So I like Mikalenko as an attacking player, obviously. I like Tarkowski as a, a bullet header possibility. They play Wolves, Villa and Fulham. And I could see all of them scoring. So we have to really be aiming. And it's always the same case. But I think it's maybe expectations now that, well, don't expect a clean sheet and then hope for a return. It's like nearly hope for a return and that's it. Three at the back is probably the best option these days unless you have a Trent or Trippers kind of out of the question. Unless you have a very, a Paro. Paro and a Trent are the only two people that you can safely play regardless of the fixtures. Everyone else you're practically looking for an attack and return. Pau Torres injured and missed out game week 18 but looks like he's going to be Emery's number one centre-back. Diego Carlos didn't play a minute. Very disappointed. He could actually be added to the Trolls because every time I think he's going to be a good pick doesn't play. Longley played it. First 90 minutes this season. So Pau Torres over the long term Villa have an insane run of fixtures. He looks like he's going to be the nailed centre-back. Great option. Dallo coming back from suspension soon. Going to play inverted, hopefully a bit more attacking. United have a decent run of fixtures over the long term and he could be one of those attacking players. United sometimes will keep a clean sheet. I think that's their best way of getting points these days. I don't want to, It's Christmas. I don't want to talk about United. I want to be in a good mood. So Dallo as an inverted centre-back, or inverted right-back, good option. And then Ruma Diaz. I thought I'd never... I thought I'd never suggest a Man City defender again. But Ruben Diaz looks like the most nailed City player. And I've seen him on, him on a couple of waivers because of the rotation, because of the blank game week. But I think even if you pick up Ruben Diaz and your extra head, you probably can get a trade over the line for maybe a pow. You know, like a player that might be on the waiver, might not. Ruben Diaz could be a great option. And I have to stop because I think I might pass out. So I'll be back in a sec. Holy shit. Okay, I am back. Oh my god, I thought I was gonna die. This is like being in a sauna. I was sweating profusely. Anyways, let's continue. Last defender on the waiver suggestion is Kabore. Plays Sheffield United, very attacking player. I suppose that's what we have to go for. Attacking players, Luton. I actually love Luton. Bet Newcastle. I hope they stay up. They're such a meme team because you see them, you see the fixture, and you want to attack the fixture. And they just end up fucking getting a goal or something. And Sheffield are the same. 1-1 against Villa. It's it's hard to predict. It's very good for attacking players, but it's way more enjoyable. You, I woke up this morning, checked the fixtures, or checked the results. Bournemouth, 3-2. Um, Burnley, 2-0. You're like, what the hell is going on? Anyone could be anyone. It's, I'd rather it this way than just the same old story. And I think that's why a lot of people are complaining in normal fancy me included because the template's not working because of all these fixtures that are usually very predictable the Newcastle's last season 3-0 2-0 1-0 like now they're losing they're conceding against teams that you're attacking so I suppose before I go on to my midfield waiver suggestions and there's very few I suppose the, the trades and the Suchek's, the Havertz, the McNeil's, they're the best ones. You're rotating players now. The only one I can see is Bernardo because he might have been dropped off. I dropped him off last week. Any of them City boys, Rodri picked up a small injury, so maybe avoid him and see what the story is. Bernardo would be my pick of the City boys 
because he's probably as nailed as anyone even when KDB comes back but what I'd say is have a punt you know it's very easy to be so calculated in this game and it's Christmas there's loads of fixtures there's going to be a rotation my cop-out answer for mid midfield waiver suggestions this week is anyone them Fulham boys whoever you t- if you get a good feeling about someone and a Wobi, I know he's a good pick but a Barkley I was actually Barkley I love uh, Ross Barkley and he got an assist the last day it's very hard to predict around this Christmas period when there's loads of rotation teams are getting results against other teams that they're not expected to so maybe over the Christmas period and you can drop them off again when the chaos settles down a small bit have a punt if you feel like you've wanted to pick up a player and you haven't because of maybe form or because of a fixture do it why not so Bernardo if you want to long-term hold anyone else like the Fulham boys um, any of the boys I mentioned Suchek Havertz McNeil Andres Ramsey any of them are good picks over the next while I suppose the likes of the Havertz the McNeil are going to be longer term and I suppose that's how you have to rank a lot of these players yes you can go for the punt but if you want to play it stay safe still I'd rank players in terms of how long I'm going to hold them because it is very hard to just predict who's going to score this week yeah you can use a fixture but i think the best way to do it in terms of waivers is who will i have for the next five game weeks that i'm happy to hold and will return maybe once if you return twice fantastic if we're looking at strikers welbeck comes back into the frame and i suppose he comes back into the frame because of the reasons i said earlier adingra matoma a couple other boys that have been injured in the brighton side if Welbeck gets consistent minutes like average 50 to 60 he's not a bad pick he is frustrating to own I had him at the start of the season and all I wanted to do was get rid but there's genuinely five less spots to challenge for now I know they have three strikers Ferguson himself and Joe Pedro but there's a possibility of Joe Pedro maybe playing slightly wider and then rotating between him and Ferguson I'm surprised Ferguson hasn't got more minutes Maybe you want to go for a little punt on Ferguson that he gets a few more minutes over the, the period where them boys are gone. But Welbeck will probably be on the waiver. Ferguson will be picked up. Chris Wood will probably be on the waiver. They have very tough fixtures and he is a troll where you pick him up and he's going to not return. And then when you drop him off, he returns. Uh, Muniz finally got his name right. It was called Munez last week. Got the start for Fulham. If he continues to start, not a bad option. But they have Vinicius there. Raul Jimenez is coming back. There's very little on the strikers. Welbeck is probably the clearest option. Before I pass out, I just want to say a final thank you to everyone who has listened this year. I still think we'll get another one out. That's the plan. Before the new year, but I suppose before Christmas. Have a very good Christmas. Thanks again for listening. And if this doesn't reach you, you know what's happened. I've passed out while I've been editing. FPL draft, you're out.